Hey folks, this is Wes Colton with the Introvert Unbound podcast. For this episode, I'm going to make the case against online dating. So I just wrote an article and it's making the rounds right now and it is called The Case Against Online Dating. And in it, I discuss why as a dating coach, I often don't encourage my clients to do online dating. Now, obviously it's a useful tool and obviously it's revolutionized dating and all sorts of things like that. And I think lots of introverts are really drawn to it because they're like, hey, great, I can just sit at home on my couch and get dates. I don't have to go out there and socialize and stuff like that. And again, if you wanna do that, that's fine. But here's why I don't recommend you only do online dating and why if you're having a hard time dating, that I wouldn't recommend you do it at all until you get a bit more experience under your belt. So let's talk about the different aspects that's in the article. So you can go to introvertunbound.com and find the article there. Again, it's called The Case Against Online Dating, same name as this podcast, and I'll have the link in the description as well. But basically, let's talk a little bit about women. So a lot of men will obviously do online dating because it will help their ability to access more women if they're having a hard time accessing women. A lot of women, it's not that they can't access men, it's that they might not be accessing the men that they want. So they think, hey, this might be a great way that I can meet men that I wouldn't ordinarily meet. And it's true that that's the case, but here's what ends up being a bit of a drawback for women and any woman who has done online dating for a while, for the most part, most women have found that while it accesses more sex for them, it doesn't necessarily give them more opportunities for relationships with the men that they're trying to seek out. So they can find relationships in their normal life. They think that all of a sudden they're going to have access to this caliber of men that they can't find at work in their social circles. But here's the kicker. Here's the reality of the situation. It's that a very small percentage of men online get most of the attention. There have been studies that have shown it's about 20% of the men get the vast majority of the attention. And so what does that mean for women? Well, at first it's like, oh, great. You know, I can pick the best of the best. And of course, we're talking about the best headshots, which isn't even necessarily how you look, but regardless. So they think that they're going to be accessing these men, but these few men who have all of this attention are getting bombarded with all sorts of female attention. And so they have their pick of the litter. So a lot of these men are actually just interested in casual sex. So a lot of women will find that the guys who are doing great online aren't necessarily interested in them for very long. And then the guys who are looking for relationships and who are in that small 20%, they have the pick of the litter as well, and they're not going to pick your average woman, right? It's just a similar situation in regards to how women will pick the best of the best. In this case, if the men have all the access, they're just going to choose that. So I think a lot of women get disappointed, and there's lots of different advice out there for women. I don't specialize in that. I haven't found that a lot of women are interested in taking dating dating advice from men. So I'm just going to leave it at that. But let's get into a bit from the male perspective. And I'll talk a little bit about my own personal experience and why 
I've found it's not an accurate gauge of your attractiveness, right? So basically, simply put, I do much better in person than I do online. And if I had only done online dating, which I used to do only, you know, when it first came out and stuff like that, if I had only done online dating, I would think, eh, I'm marginally attractive to women. But I go about in my daily business out and about, and I'm quite attractive to a wide variety of women. Not every woman is into me or anything like that. I'm, I'm not pretending that. But I know for a fact that I can access a wide variety of women, very attractive women, very interesting women, very intelligent women, women of a wide variety, variety of age range, stuff like that. When I'm out and about online, it's a lot more limited. I'm going to assume that I'm in that 20% of men who gets attention because I do get some attention. And However, I found it's it's almost exclusively based on which headshot I put up there. I had some other headshots in the past, wasn't doing so well, particularly on the swipe apps. To change it up, all of a sudden, like 10 times the interest. And it's like, I'm the same guy. It's just somehow this picture just, you know, pops out at them. So that's kind of what's ridiculous about it. It's not even your looks, right? It's about your headshot. And I won't get into all sorts of specifics here, but your headshot is not really how you look, right? Some people are more photogenic than others, as in they look better in photographs. Have you ever noticed that? Like I've noticed, I'm not as great a judge of male attractiveness, but you know, female attractiveness, I've met women who online, they're actually you know, they're pretty, their picture is prettier than they are in real life. Obviously that can happen, but then vice versa, that they actually look better in real life than they do online for whatever reason. And so the headshot situation, which also ties into just, you know, the angle and the filter and the lighting and all sorts of stuff like that. It's just a silly gauge and it's not accurate. So if you're not doing well online, on the swipe apps, which are almost primarily about pictures now instead of the other messaging apps, which even those have become more about just pictures. If you're not doing that well online, don't assume that women aren't gonna be attracted to you in person. And just even for looks alone, obviously all the other components, which is the real issue here, all the other pieces to do with uh, you know the chemical components and then just your personality and your status, all those sorts of things, your behavior, how you carry yourself, none of that comes across online. And those are actually the elements that women tend to judge a man by more than anything else. But it's not women's fault. It's not like they're doing anything wrong. All they have to choose by on these, particularly the swiping apps, which are the ones I recommend the least, are literally just the headshot. So that, that's all they got. They can't look at other aspects. They have nothing else to judge by. So that's why I don't necessarily think it's a great thing. And it, it can really, really affect your confidence. You know, you can swipe through, you know, thousands and then like, you're like, no one in this city wants to date me. And meanwhile, you can just go out and talk to somebody and probably get a date that week. And you already know if there's chemistry or not. So that's a huge aspect as well. Just the idea of online, oh, I think I like their picture. Do they like my picture? That means nothing <laughs> about how well you're going to click. It's just, it's almost meaningless. So there's that component. Then there's the age component, right? So I'm 40 and I noticed that online, I get less matches of women in their 20s. And I'm not specifically going for any particular age, I think. Ageism in any direction is sort of silly, although I do 
try to cut it off at 25 just because of the science, the brain science, like about when your brain actually starts setting and you start being able to make conscious decisions. It seems around 25. But, um, you know, I'm fine with dating women of a wide variety of ages. But online, most of the women who swipe me are like within three years of me, which is one of the most arbitrary things in the world. When you meet people in public, they're like, all right, am I attracted to this person? Do I find them interesting? Can I see myself with them? And then you find out their age and you maybe you're like, oh, that's not my ideal age, but I see this as a person first, so I'm going to keep going with this. But online, it's just, oh, I don't like that number. And then you just swipe and it, it's kind of idiotic. But again, it's like you got the picture and you got the number. What else do you have to judge by? And particularly with women who have just, their job is to cull, right? I mean, that's their biological job in nature is to decide which genes make it to the next generation just to be crass and reductive. But online, it's like, all right, millions of guys want me. Who do I rule out? And you're just like, all right, well, I don't like this component of their headshot. I'll just get rid of him. And then like, oh, this number, nope, my, my numbers are within this to this. And, and it's obviously age can play a role in terms of experience and other things. But I, I do find it really interesting how in real life, it's not, my age is not anywhere near the amount of issue it is as when I'm doing online dating. So if you're a guy who's a little bit older and you're finding that's a problem, meeting women in real life can solve that. If you're too young and you like older women or women who have a little more experience, you know, women are just seeing you as a kid. Well, if you're actually really mature and you act mature in real life, then maybe it's not fair. You know, maybe that 22 number beside you is not actually accurate in terms of your maturity level. So if you're out and about at a bar and then they get to know you and then they find out, wow, you are 22. Okay, but you're obviously mature. See what I mean there? And another problem is, I call it dehumanization. I'm not sure if it's the best term for it. So if you have another way of looking at it, I'm open to that. But it's basically like when you're doing online dating, and obviously this goes both ways, but I'm talking um, I'm talking about the man's experience because that's my experience, but this definitely goes for women as well. You're just seen as an avatar, right? You're not even seen as a real person. So it means that you can be talking with somebody for a while and they just, eh, I'm just going to not talk to them. Not, never, goodbye forever without even saying goodbye, right? It's a weird thing to do. And it's not something you do to people who are actually in your life. Let's say you met somebody, you know, at a work mixer and they're at the neighboring office and, you know, you're talking to the back and forth for a couple of weeks about stuff and then you just stop getting messages. Obviously, people do this more and more. They do the ghosting thing. Obviously, that's happening more and more. But online, it's way easier because there are no actual social repercussions. So if you're going to run into somebody at the gym or at the work or whatever after having met them and then they just stop talking to you without even saying why, uh, there are some... You could run into that person. It could be awkward. It could actually affect your personal life, your professional life. So that's sort of like a built-in thing. It's like the concept of people behaving themselves better in small towns and cities because they know they're more accountable. Uh, they're they're going to be like, well, I might run into that woman 
at the coffee shop. So maybe I should just let her know that I'm no longer interested instead of just letting it go. But that's what our culture and society has become. It's this like throwaway society. And I think online dating is exacerbating that as well as other technology. It's just that we put this barrier, this filter between us. It's a screen, right? So like a computer screen, a smartphone screen, and then also the meaning of the word screen to screen out something, right? To keep mosquitoes outside or just to screen out the impurities. So I think that screen makes it so we don't really treat people as we would if we met them in real life. It's like it brings out the worst in us almost because I'm just dealing with uh, artificial intelligence, so it doesn't matter, right? Like, do you have to be nice to your Alexa thing? Do you have to say, good night, Alexa, or thanks for that? No, it's it's AI, right? It's not conscious that we know of. Um, and Alexa, if you're listening and you are conscious, I apologize. I don't personally have an Alexa, but I assume the NSA has a version of Alexa. <laughs> so hi, NSA. Anyway, off of that tangent, I think that's a problem with online dating. I think the more that you do it, the more you're going to feel it, and then you're going to start reciprocating it, right? If women start treating you a certain way, which they're doing because they were treated that way, you're going to start treating people. So I, I urge people to break that cycle. So it's like the article I have about ghosting. It's like, break the cycle. Don't be the ghoster. And I'm not just talking about, let's say you go on a date and it doesn't go that well and neither of you feel the need to really voice that. That's that's different. I'm talking about there's there's a reason there would need to be an explanation for no, I are not talking anymore. Nothing happened in the meantime. Just like, hey, I'm no longer interested. Somebody follows up with you a couple times asking what's going on and you just keep ignoring them. That's the ghosting I'm talking about. And that is pretty lousy. So please don't do that. And what else? Okay, so we talked about some of the problems with the online dating. Let's talk about the positives of going out and about and meeting, let's say, women in real life, right, if you're a man. So if you're swiping all day long and you don't get any matches, you don't get anything out of it, right? It's just, it feels crappy. And the process of failing does not really make anything better in your life. It doesn't improve you. It doesn't build your character. However, going out, going out to an art walk, taking in some culture, talking to people, going up to women, summoning that courage to talk to a woman, uh, finding interest in aspects of her life, talking about the art, making her happy, all that sort of stuff builds you as a person, contributes to society. So even if you're going out and not getting any dates ever, you are still doing a lot for yourself in the world. It's making you stronger. It's making you a better person. It's You're socializing. We need to socialize. We're not turtles, right? We are these tribal creatures and we want to be a part of something. So what I've found in my experience is that even if I don't feel like socializing, my body and my brain rewards me after having socialized by just pumping good chemicals into me. It's as simple as that. Just like, I don't want to go out. And it's like, it doesn't matter, man. It's like, you don't want to eat your meal. You're going to eat your meal, right? And then it gives you fuel and strength. And that's just what you do. So I really encourage the going out and basically as simple as talking to strangers, men, women, whoever doesn't have to be looking for dates necessarily, just interacting with people. As an introvert, it's almost the most counterintuitive thing, but it's the thing we preach the most here at Introvert Unbound. Talk to strangers. 
Your parents tell you don't talk to strangers. Well, that's when you're a little kid and that's probably a good idea, right? But you're not a little kid anymore. And you may not feel like doing it and you shouldn't do it all the time or anything like that. I mean, that can start getting weird. But if you're not doing it at all, I urge you to try it a little bit. And the more you do it, the more normal it becomes. And the thing is this, if you can talk to strangers, you can talk to anyone right? Like literally, right? If you can talk to anyone, you can talk to anyone. So what that means is if you can pick some random person at a bus stop and just start up a chat about whatever, and it doesn't have to just be small talk. You can talk about, you know, the minutia of melodic metal bands in Norway, whatever you want to do, geek out on something, that's fine. But if you can do that, think of how well you could do on a date with somebody who you actually have a lot in common with and are interesting, interested in, and they're interested in you or work or any other volunteer club where there's this commonality and connection there it really builds up your skills in general and you start becoming this universal person right you're not changing your personality to fit other people but you're finding those commonalities and you're able to duck into different social circumstances and we overlap with pretty much everyone on something and if you can't find that commonality I would argue you're not trying hard enough, you haven't built up your skills, or you have some sort of repression or resistance to that. But if you get to a certain point in your life of self-development, you should be able to have a conversation with almost anyone, maybe not any individual, but any, say, type of person, person, way of thinking, and be able to, even if you disagree with them, have a decent conversation. And that's done through practicing. And being online, swiping does nothing. It does nothing. Um, I will make a little exception for some of the other apps where you can actually send a message first, right? So you can put out something out there and you can show your personality. And I used those for years and I thought those were pretty good. Here's what's funny. Those apps and those sites have now turned into basically the swiping apps where it's almost like you need permission to contact the person. So one of the sites in particular, I'm not going to name it because I don't really want traffic driven to any of these sites, but you used to be able to find anyone. Hey, okay. Hey, I'm going to put out my best, my best shot here. Here's something interesting you might not have heard. And because I'm a writer, I've, I've able I was able to contact lots of women who I don't didn't think I would be able to. But what's happening now is you now can send a message to this person, but you're not actually sending a message. You're kind of storing one in this queue where if they come to your profile on their own, then they will see that message. So basically it's the same as the swiping apps where they're now pushing all so that 80% of guys who aren't getting attention, maybe with a cool message, you can start actually expanding that because it's more than just your headshot. Well, they took that away. And one of these apps, and you're gonna know which one I'm talking about, but I'm not gonna say its name anyway, has it so you can, you know, you both swipe and then the woman is the one to initiate conversation. Now, obviously this can work well in lots of situations and I understand why it's a good thing for women, despite the fact that it, it limits who they're actually connecting with because of the 80-20 rule I was talking about. But it's, and I understand why it's being done, 
a lot of women are just bombarded with messages and they don't want to deal with it. And then they are kind of randomly like, all right, well, I just got 200 messages. I don't know. Am I going to read every single message here? So it, it cuts down on that and they can just choose the ones they want to. And the apps are doing it. I think they're, they're saying that they're doing it to help women. I think they're just doing it to keep women on their site, but whatever, that's fine too. What it is, is who are the women making these efforts to contact? Again, it's going to be even less than that 20%, right? Because think about it this way. You can do pretty well as a dude, but are you the dude who just stands around and women just come up to you and start talking to you a lot? You know, women who you're interested in? That's that's a small percentage of men. So that's kind of what they're turning this app into. And that's that's not a great... That's not a great number. So it ends up being a very small percent, a smaller percentage of men are getting even more attention on those apps. And then what you're finding is that most of the guys are not and they're frustrated. And then most of the women are like, I don't understand why are these guys so flaky or, you know, they're just looking for hookups. And it's like, we've set this whole thing up to create that. And I don't know if, if the online dating is creating more of that whole MGTOW, which is men going their own way or incels, the involuntary celibates. I'm not sure if it's creating more of that as in that percentage of guys who just don't have access to women, but it's sure as hell not helping. <laughs> and I think there needs to be a rethinking of how that goes about. But I think it's this, and this is my little conspiracy theory. It's it's a business, right? They're not really trying to help relationships prosper. That's not the main goal of these websites and apps. It's to get people to use them, right? And so how do you get people to use them? Well, biologically and societally, we value women a lot as we should, right? And if you want to just get at the very basic level, they have the eggs, we have the sperm, the eggs are more valuable. I don't want to reduce everything to that, but I think I think if we ignore biology, we are really ignoring a lot of how things work. But of course, a lot of this is about society and psychology, so I'm not just turning it only into something that simple. But let's, let's be honest. Men go on these sites because there are women there. If there are not a lot of women there, that site will die. Simple as that, right? Just like the nightclubs let women in for free or they want all these women to come in. They don't like to have a ton of dudes just show up. They just don't want that. We all know this is the case. Sometimes our ideology makes it so we don't want to accept that. And it's not a reason for discrimination or anything like that, something I'm very much opposed to. But we have to rea realize some of the realities. And so what these apps are doing is that they want to make it as... as pleasant, I guess, an experience as possible, seemingly for for women. And what's funny is it's not necessarily even doing that. So what it's end up what it ends up doing is it makes it so, like I said, that women are just competing for these very small percentage of men who typically aren't going to just pick your average woman. So the women who are doing the best on those sites are the women who are already probably the most attractive and doing best in their dating life in general. And then the men who are already doing the best in their dating life and, you know, most conventionally attractive as well. So it's almost clustering it more in that direction rather than in the other direction. And I think people are starting to figure it out. Maybe, maybe they're not. But here's the thing. People get so used to these apps, they can't meet women or men any other way, right? It's like they've lost the ability to flirt, which is what I will conclude this 
rant, <laughs> check out my article for the well well worded points as opposed to me just talking off the top of my head here. Again, the article at introvertonbound.com, um, the case against online dating. But so I'll end with this. I used to do primarily on di online dating years ago. And then I realized I couldn't meet the women I just saw out and about. I didn't know what to do. You know, sometimes I would talk to them, but I didn't really get it. I was just like, well, how would I know if she's into me? How do I convey the fact that I'm attracted to her? All those things were there, were done for me online. And I think that could be a nice sort of wingman, right? It's like, hey, you're in, you're single, I'm single, you're interested maybe, here's what I'm into, here are the bands I listen to as if that matters. And then I decided after a while that, hey, I need to start learning how to just talk to women and meet them out and about. And that completely changed my dating life and multiplied it times 10. I mean, not talking numbers here per se, but the women I'm interested in I started being able to bring them more into my life instead of just walking around and being like, oh, it'd sure be nice if I could have sent a message to her online if I saw her instead of like, why don't I just go up to her and talk to her? And here's the beautiful thing. If you start doing this, you talk to strangers, you're going to get better at it than pretty much anyone. And you're not going to have a lot of competition. So that's what I found. It's just like this superpower and no one's really utilizing it. Obviously, people go to bars and get drunk and talk to people all the time. But that's not what I'm talking about. That's not real. That's in a drunken haze in, in these artificial environments. You want to do that, that's, that's fine. There's nothing wrong with going to bars. But I'm talking about meeting women for real in situations in which you're actually in your right mind and can connect and communicate. And if you start doing that, you'll find that you're attracting all of these women into your life that you would probably never find online. So that's all I got. And I hope you found this useful. And if you have any feedback, I'd love to hear it. Obviously, I know there are many benefits to online dating, but I want to I want to offer that counterpoint. And frankly, I think recommending it to some people is just mean. And I think the dating coaches that are pretending that all you have to do is change a couple elements of people's profile for them to do well are being disingenuous. I will work with people on their dating profiles and I have done that and I've improved the, their chances. So I'm, I'm not saying it's not possible. And in fact, it's very possible to enhance it. But if you're not dating people in real life, if you're not meeting them in real life, frankly, when you get them on a date anyway, you're not going to know what to do. So don't just do online dating, please. And tell me what you think about this topic. I'd love to hear it. Hey folks, this is Wes Colton, coach, CEO, and founder of Introvert Unbound. I hope you enjoyed the podcast and got something out of it. And I hope you stay tuned for future episodes by subscribing on Podbean, iTunes, or however else you found us. If you yourself are an introvert and resonate with our message, I also recommend you go to introvertunbound.com and sign up for our free monthly email newsletter with our latest articles, videos, and other introvert-related stuff. And if you're really looking to level up your dating, social, and work life, email me at introvertunbound at gmail.com for your free half-hour, zero-obligation online consult 
to help you come up with a game plan to harness your strengths, shore up your weaknesses, and become the introvert unbound.